0: Get yourself out there, um, always stay, you know always communicate with your clients, make sure you're on top of the game. The thing is people want communication. If you drop off for a bit, even if you're behind in a project, they start to doubt your ability. So as long as you're communicating, you should really be successful and especially getting yourself out there because if you are getting yourself out there, uh, whether it be you know um, media advertising or word of mouth, you are gonna be in people's faces and at the end of the day, that's, that's where your, your work is gonna come from.
1: Hi, and welcome to episode 94 of Be The Drop, a weekly podcast that delivers practical insights to help you unlock your brand story and supercharge your business. I'm Amelia Veal, small business owner and storytelling superhero. Here at Narrative Marketing, we strongly believe in the power of telling stories to help us learn and connect, and also to build business relationships that drive sales. In today's crowded digital marketplace the performance of your website is incredibly important to your business yet many small to medium businesses struggle to understand what is required to develop an online presence that is functional engaging and visible in search results unless that is you're a web developer tyson brady is a freelance website developer and former graphic designer So as an introduction to our online storytelling program that looks at how to generate leads from online storytelling, Tyson is the ideal person to give us some tips for how to build a good website. In today's episode of Be The Drop, we discuss content management systems and common website issues, plus we dip our toes into the often confusing world of search engine optimization. This is Tyson's version of Be The Drop. If you'd like to make your business story more engaging and exciting, I'd love for you to join me in my community of brand storytelling superheroes on Facebook. It's absolutely free to join. And this week in the group, I am very excited to launch our next storytelling program called SEO Basics, Online Storytelling to Generate Leads. If you'd like more people to find your digital content, but are confused by terms such as Google algorithms, SEO, or keyword optimization, then this program is for you. Join me and our group of like-minded people in supportive conversation around how to improve the performance of your online content. It's free, so head over to Facebook and join the Brand Storytelling Superheroes group today. What are you waiting for? Thank you so much for joining me, Tyson, on our next episode of Be the Drop.
0: Cool. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
1: Ah, right, it's good. We're going to dive into all things website backends. Which sometimes when I say that, it makes me chuckle a little bit. Does that make me juvenile?
0: No, not really. I don't <laughs> think so. I don't
1: think so. so, is that was that too weird, Chris? Is that a bit too Amelia? So we're going to be diving into all things behind the scenes with websites, uh, which you are very experienced at. But to get us started, you have your item of significance, something that connects you with your community and gives us a bit of background about who you are and what you do.
0: Yes, my name's Tyson. I'm uh, I'm a freelance web developer and sort of previously a graphic designer, although I try to stay away from the graphic design side of things these days. Uh, my item of significance is actually my uh, development laptop which is a microsoft surface now it's up there with some of the most important things in my life is probably on par with my family. I hate to say it, but it, it really is because at the end of the day, that's what helps bring um, you know, money into the, into the house. I can take it anywhere.
1: I know we really are transportable and with the cloud, and if you've got that set up, you, know, you can really locate your office anywhere. So for as a, a freelancer like yourself and you know, even a small business with narrative marketing, we find that flexibility incredibly valuable. So before we get even deeper into the world of websites and development. And that is an area that some businesses can find quite confronting and confusing. I'd like you to share with us a story about, you know, along this journey, your journey as a freelancer, a key le- life lesson that you've learned, whether that be in the business or juggling the business and family.
0: Yeah, I guess, I guess my life lesson um, is really based around how much I charge to, to be a freelancer. Years ago, the only reference point that I had, because I didn't really have mentors or anybody to look up to, the only reference point I had was websites like Freelancer and Upwork and those sort of websites. And unfortunately, when you jump on there, all of the hourly rates really downgrade what you do. You look and say, oh, this person's taking $10 an hour. That must be the sort of industry standard, when really it's not this person's you know, working from somewhere where you can probably exist on $10 an hour, You know, maybe Indonesia or India or somewhere like that. But you look at trying to, to freelance only in Australia on that sort of rate, and you're never going to get anywhere. I started working for a, uh, a firm, and I actually had a mate who was working there as well. And he sort of had a chat to me and said, oh, the old web guy was charging this much. And when I heard that it was sort of 10 you know ten times the rate that I would normally be charging or thought that I should be charging as a freelancer, based on what I'd seen previously, I worked out that I was way off. And unfortunately, the, the end customer, I guess the variation there is so huge that they don't really know who's telling the truth and who's charging the right price for for the work that's being done.
1: And that is such a challenge. Thank you for sharing that story. That's, and it's such an important one. And I know that many listeners will agree and, you know, have shared that experience. Has that understanding given you a sense of confidence in setting your rates now?
0: Yeah, it has. You find that a lot of people that do freelance, they don't really know how to take, I guess, their business to the next level. So, you know, drop their day job and, and turn into a freelancer. You know, if you look at it over a year and you work out how much you need to survive and still make, you know, still have some savings, you need to set a rate that you think you're worth and then work out the hourly rate from that. That's what most uh, you know, freelancers and creatives have an issue with, is putting, putting value on their work. I guess getting the confidence to go out there and actually say to somebody, hey, I'm worth this much an hour and, and being scared that they're going to be rejected when chances are they are around what the person's thinking as long as they've, you know, done their research beforehand. So for a long time there, probably three, maybe four years, I was well below what I should have been charging and it was always a hobby. And you go, Oh, is it worth my time to be doing that? Maybe I should just go out and do something else, you know, spend time with the family instead of worrying about this hobby which I thought might one day turn into, you know, a full time job.
1: I think that's really good advice and thank you for sharing that with us. So now we're gonna switch it around and we go we're going to go into our which is a different type of answer, I need you to answer in less than a minute. What is your number one, your top advice for success in business?
0: Our top advice for success in business would to be, uh, get yourself out there. Um, always stay, you know, always communicate with your clients, make sure you're on top of the game. The thing is, people want communication. If you drop off for a bit, even if you're behind in a project, they start to doubt your ability. So as long as you're communicating, um, you should really be successful and especially getting yourself out there. Because if you are getting yourself out there, uh, whether it be you know um, media advertising or word of mouth, you are going to be in people's faces, and at the end of the day, that's that's where your your work is going to come from.
1: Okay. Well, that's good. So good. That was and that was some key advice. And you did that in thirty seconds. I couldn't agree more. Like making sure you're visible a in the beginning to get the work. You know, building business takes lots of. You've got to tell people and then tell them again and remind them. And then that communication throughout the project. You know, just keeping people updated. What are you doing? And particularly, so in your line of work, when you're, you know working remotely, they don't necessarily understand the work that you're doing, making sure you're keeping them informed and, you know, just updated.
0: Yeah, exactly. And sometimes people might think that, hey, uh, you know, you're working only for them when that's not the case. They have to understand that, hey, he quoted to do 10 hours of work and that's only a day and a half when really it could take two weeks because you're not only working on, on their project.
1: Okay, so the second power round is if you can share with us your biggest business challenge and how you overcame it.
0: So my biggest business challenge would be touching back on that hourly rate because it was so much more than what I had you know, thought I was worth previously. I didn't know what to expect. I didn't know whether I was going to be rejected from, from the get-go. But it went the other way. You know, People come back and say, oh, you're cheaper than this person or oh, you're cheaper than that agency. And it put me in a different state of mind to say, hey, progressively from now, I can put my prices up even more. And I don't have that fear of rejection because somebody's already accepted me for this price, which I didn't think was all that much. And now they're saying that, yeah, it is cheap and I could probably go higher than that. And that's the thing. It's just getting the confidence, regardless of what you're charging. As long as you can sort of show that you are worth that much, they, they're going to be happy to pay it.
1: We mentioned at the beginning that we're going to delve into building business websites and, you know, the challenges around that, what businesses should look out for and how to go about it. You know, and firstly, knowing where to start, what are some key things they should look for and then how to review price points.
0: I guess at the end of the day, it really depends on what you're looking for. Um, If you need a complex website, there are the pros to go with an agency because at the end of the day, they will have somebody that is going to manage the project and make sure that the uh, deliverables are met. If you, say, went to a freelancer for something like that, you may not get the same end result. They're going to do things how they think they should be done, um, which may not be right. You know, they may be self-taught. So, And at the end of the day, you might not have the money to spend with an agency.
1: How as a business do I understand if I want a complex website or a simple website?
0: So I guess from I guess from the, the planning point as a business, you want to sit down and look at what you actually need. So it might just be a website that could be single page uh, with with details of the services you provide and then you know a simple contact form. Um, moving across to the more complex things, you know, so you might want a, an online store where you sell your products and services. You're going to have to do all the planning and then you'll go and speak to an agency who will give you a quote to, you know, develop that um from a from a custom point of view
1: so really then it's just that level of is it the user interaction therefore the pages and therefore the services that you're going to provide through that website that makes the complexity
0: yeah exactly i guess when you when you've got something like a contact form that's not really complex and generally these days with uh with the rising of themes and you know wordpress uh, websites like wix and squarespace where they're, they're simply drop and drag builders so you find a template you like and then you go and drop and drag the the content
1: from a business perspective does something like wordpress make it easier for the business to then make small changes to their website
0: these days you can jump on the internet onto google and search for how to do basically anything and everything on wordpress and it will be there in, in black and white and you know Uh, beyond just the reading side of things youtube you jump on youtube and look at tutorials on how to install wordpress how to set up a theme a template how to make changes to that template and even then all the templates that you can download these days do have uh, you know yearly support plans so if you do get stuck You simply email the person that developed the template.
1: Mm. So there is quite a lot of flexibility. And I suppose that really comes down to that business's internal
0: capabilities.
1: So would you have any top tips for that? That counterbalance between what to try and do in-house and what to do externally?
0: Anything that starts to drill down to code level or database level or anything where you feel uncomfortable. That's probably the point where I'd say yeah it's a bit outside of what we can do here Mm. let's see if we can find somebody else that can do it for us
1: yeah and that's certainly what we've done at narrative marketing so i mean we have been you know we spend a lot of time looking at content optimization and how to get good google search visibility and we have discovered, you know, delving into this the dark side, which we sometimes refer to it, which is that things that you don't necessarily see that live in that in, in the internet online world. And one of those things is additional code that damages Google's search ranking. They they penalise that. Are there other sorts of things like that that people really need to be aware of when making website build decisions?
0: So yeah, as you mentioned. Just, you know, excess code in pages and especially with the cheaper websites, you might get this spaghetti code. At the end of the day, it's going to take longer to load and Google doesn't like that. The optimization of images, if you're uploading five megabyte images to your website, that's obviously going to get you penalised as well because not everybody has the NBN or a fast connection to be able to load the site up on. You know, you you really want to try and make sure that your website is loading under five seconds Mm -hmm. and making sure that the pictures that you, you do upload to the website are for the web.
1: Yeah. So and and these are the sorts of things that businesses without, you know, a high digital literacy might struggle with. Say you refer to spaghetti code. Now, a number of listeners might not really understand what that means. And certainly we don't even see it necessarily because you have to actually then be able to have the knowledge to go in and read code to understand that there is you know, unnecessary extra code in there. So how can businesses protect themselves against that? What sort of questions do you have to ask to not get caught out with this? Yes,
0: yeah, so I guess for businesses to protect themselves, um, they should really go off and find somebody that has worked with, you know, friends of theirs. At the end of the day, you can ask developers whatever you like about the code that they're using, but they'll just give you the answers that you want to hear. So they'll say yeah we know what we're doing and we'll do it in the most efficient manner and make sure that it's all optimized for google Mm -hmm. and then it might be six months later when you're having issues with rankings and having issues with the website when you get somebody else to look at it and they go oh it's all been done wrong
1: so is there
0: any other key
1: things that you think are really important for people to consider if they want their website to perform well and be optimised.
0: I guess with that referring to like looking at WordPress only, um, you've got things like Yoast SEO, which helps you to do all the uh, the SEO optimization. Mm-hmm. It'll give you, you know, indicators to say whether you've got too many keywords in the page, whether the, the title is correct and whether the meta uh, description, which is the description that shows up in Google, is correct as well. And then beyond that, website speed and mobile optimization at the moment. If websites aren't optimised for mobile, it's going to penalise you because these days I think a good like 65%, maybe 70% of people access websites from their mobile phone. So then a
1: couple of key things to ask when you're getting a web development done is that mobile optimization and speed.
0: Yeah, exactly. Is it is it mobile friendly? Because as you can imagine, people, they'll come across your website and basically all they really want to do You see that you do it, see that you're in their area and then submit a contact, you know, uh, an email through your contact form. Hmm.
1: So you're really just making it easy for your customers to A, find and then B, access what they require. Exactly. You mentioned the metadata description. Can you just explain a little bit more about that, where that appears in Google and why it's important?
0: So basically when Google indexes a web page, it grabs the title, which is the title that when you search for something in Google, you'll see that as the, the bolder text at the top, you know, the larger text on the, on the search result. And then the meta description is the smaller text, the descriptive text about the page or about the website. Those two things, both the title and the meta description, have to sort of correspond with whatever you have on the page. So if you're talking about lawn mowing and the title and the meta description, you can't be talking about welding in the, the con- in, the, in the body content because at the end of the day, Google does look at the body content and will mm-hmm. say, hey, there's two different things here. They're lying about the, what the page is actually about, mm-hmm. maybe trying to manipulate their ranking.
1: So when people are preparing their content for the website, so we, we're crossing over to two things here and, and this is where, you know, narrative marketing, this is where we get involved. We leave the website building alone. But that, that conversation is something that is incredibly important because as you're saying, this needs to be considered in the development, but we're talking about content. We're talking about what headings you're putting on, what content you're putting on your page and what description it is. So if people are planning to build a website how important do you think it is to then include in your development process the content where's that relationship for you in the process
0: personally I'd prepare the content prior to going out and looking to develop the website mainly because you really want to have everything ready to go from the moment the developer starts working on it. And that way you, re- you do reduce the cost and it just makes it easier to get things moving.
1: Okay, so there's a lot to consider there. Is there any summary sort of advice you would give for going for building a website?
0: Uh, really in summary, I guess personally, stay away from your Upworks, your freelancers and those sort of websites. I would go and find somebody through the word of mouth type thing or you know, go and look at websites that you do like Maybe do a reference check, so email email the website and say, hey, who'd built your website and who did you work with? On some websites, you'll see that the developer puts their their name and their, um, their link in the, the bottom, in the footer. So maybe it's, you know, you go and look at the developer's website first, see what other websites they've done, and maybe just touch base with the people to find out what their experience was like with that developer and see if they got what they wanted. And maybe even try and, you know, get a ballpark price and say, hey, what did you pay for your website? Mm. just so that you can get an idea of what to expect you know go around and get quotes from from multiple people because at the end of the day as we spoke about before Mm. the price points are all over the place
1: yeah so research first is really important exactly so before we get to the be the drop tip I just want to ask you what sort of communication channels do you use mostly in building your business
0: so personally um, I've actually done pretty well through word-of-mouth referrals and also, um, also groups on Facebook just reaching out. So basically, I'm in a few groups on Facebook where people look for freelancers to do work for them, or people people are looking for WordPress developers. Um, they'll post an issue in there, and then I'll respond to that. And that's how I get that's how I get pretty much all of my work these days. It's a new way of doing things. A lot of people are turning to social media to look for answers. So if you're there and you know waiting for them to be to be asking about your service, mm. then you can jump on that.
1: Yeah, certainly we're finding there is a lot more traction within the Facebook groups as well. There's a lot more conversations going in there, and and I think you mentioned the word of mouth. The, the Facebook groups is like a, an extension of word of mouth because people ask, "Can you recommend somebody who's done this?" So that you then these other people provide that referral in that space. All right, well, fantastic. Thank you so much, Tyson, for sharing that information with us today. In conclusion, though, can you share with me your Be The Drop tip? And that is your top tip for communication.
0: Once again, just stay on top of your communication. Um, clients are very understanding about if you can't get something done, you know, if you're tight on time, um, just make sure that you're letting them know where you are in the process. If you have to tell them something's going to be late, tell them, um, because at the end of the day, they prefer to hear from you other than being frustrated at the fact that, hey, you haven't contacted them and and tried to get back to them about something that they've asked about.
1: Yeah, so constant regular communication with clients. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. Thank you so much.
0: Cool. Thanks for having me.
1: Thanks for joining me for another episode of Be The Drop. Don't forget to subscribe in order to ensure you never miss one of our weekly episodes. Be The Drop is produced by Narrative Marketing, where we believe that stories connect individuals and that powerful storytelling can positively impact the world. It is our mission to help unlock the power of story through this podcast and the range of products and services that we offer. To unleash your storytelling superpower, visit narrativemarketing.com.au or check out our social links in the show notes. To get in touch with any specific comments, you can email me via amelia at narrativemarketing.com.au. And don't forget that whilst a task or challenge may seem overwhelming, a waterfall begins with one drop and look what comes from that. Until next time.